1: This podcast is brought to you by Green and Blacks, a rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. Welcome back to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. It's getting colder. I've actually got a cold. We're all out of action in this house, but People have switched on the central heating and dug out those hot water bottles. So it feels like a very good time to announce something very exciting our next series of The Big Night In. Many of you will know we launched our big nights in during lockdown and we spent every other Saturday night in the company of brilliant women such as Amy Huberman, Marion Keyes and Emma Donoghue. But since then, we have been busy behind the scenes planning our second season and we are delighted to tell you starting this Saturday night, October 3rd at 7pm, we have Six big nights planned for you on Zoom. So the first one is this Saturday with Senator Eileen Flynn, who, as you will know, was the first female traveler in the Oroctus, which was some good pandemic news earlier this year. It continues every other Saturday until December 12th with Glamour Editor-in-Chief Samantha Barry, the fantastic feminist and author of new book More Than a Woman, Katla Moran. We have broadcaster Claire Byrne, former state pathologist Mary Casty and one other very special guest who is still to be announced. Now, if you want to buy tickets, you can find out all the details on irishtimes.com or go to our social channels on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast. And yeah, you can go to irishtimes.com and find it all there. And we really hope you can join us as we face into a pandemic winter the Big Night Inn will keep us warm from this Saturday right through every fortnight until our final event on December 12th. I've been dying to tell you about this. We're very excited and we can't wait to see you all on Zoom on Saturday. It's going to be just like old times. Now, the episode today is all about skin. Over the last few years, Jennifer Rock has cemented her reputation as an important voice in beauty. She has knowledge, honesty, integrity and sheer giddy passion for skincare, which she has shared through her nerd network and goes deeper with in her latest book, The Skin Nerd Philosophy. I come myself from the old school of cleanse, tone and moisturise, but things have changed a lot since then. So it was fascinating to talk to Jennifer about ways to mind one of our vital organs, the skin that we walk around in. She's a one stop guide to accepting the skin you have while working with it to achieve confidence and happiness. I was also able to bring Jennifer some of your questions, including a very important one about what we're calling knee, the spots people are getting from wearing masks all day. Hope you enjoy this. Here she is, Jennifer Rock. Jennifer, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and congratulations on your second book. It's all about skin which we're going to talk a lot about later and we've had some brilliant questions in from listeners because we tweeted out and there's people who are dying to know and get your expertise on certain aspects. But I want to start with your own story. So tell me about I suppose how your passion for skincare started as a young teenager and where you were growing up and what you were doing at the time.
0: Firstly hello and thank you so much for having me but you're right my My life has been a lifelong skincare journey insofar as that I had my first ever facial for my 13th birthday, which makes me sound quite diva-esque. But at that time, I was, I was, was, suffering with my skin is probably a little bit too strong to say, but I was definitely down about my skin in so far as that I was a quintessential nerd, like the name hasn't changed, the person hasn't changed. So uh, I had a little bit of weight on me. I had the fringe. I had, you know, a lot of spots. I had the glasses. And I suppose I just felt quite self-conscious. And that's where I suppose for me, I've always associated skincare with, there's an element of mental health involved. There's an element of how confident you might feel, how you might portray yourself. I don't see it necessarily as just aesthetics. And at that time, ahead of her years, my mom decided to take me for a facial. And I fell in love. I fell in love with the concept. I fell in love with the self-care element to it. Although I didn't have those words to articulate at that stage, that's what it represented for me. And I think ultimately, Roshi and it gave me control. I was able to use products at home that got me past that phase where I felt better, no pun intended, but the truth being, I felt better in my skin. And that's when I wanted to really when started getting towards transition year, fifth year, you know, conversation what did you want to do for the rest of your life? That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do beauty therapy and I'm talking 20 years ago now. So it wasn't, I've been kind to myself slightly longer. So I didn't, I suppose the reality was it wasn't the career that it is now. It's not the sector, the billion dollar turning generation of a machine that it is now. So it, it was slightly unusual. So I really had to convince people in my life that it was the right career choice for me and Thankfully, I did because I'm fortunate enough to adore what I do to the point that it's in a it's 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 beyond it's it's you know you need I need to learn my boundaries now and start to look after myself because I'm really really lucky that I adore it.
1: So you you had that uh, you fell in love with facials, say, and uh, the passion started. And as you were going through school, was it was it actually something you thought, okay, I would like to have a career in this? And how did you kind of put those steps in place? Because at eighteen, you were pregnant. That's what I should say to everyone. And I was just thinking earlier, I think everyone's had that experience of being in school and somebody gets pregnant, you know, and it's it's a big deal. And I think I hopefully now it's less of a big deal. But certainly when I was in school and that would have been the 80s, um, and I think you'd be 90s more, Uh, It was still something that was big and often people got pregnant and you kind of, you know, you, you just never heard from them again or you never got the end of the story or what they ended up doing. So I'm really intrigued because it's a big thing to happen when you're sitting your leave insert. 100%.
0: 100%. And I need to go down a record and say that I'm not necessarily advocating teenage pregnancies. But for me, it was ultimately what changed my whole life. Of course it did. But it really gave me a purpose and a motivation beyond belief. I mean, I was spiraled from being a teenager into a parent into an adult. I mean, technically, I was legally an adult, but now I was an adult in that I had to live it. So I suppose why you probably don't hear where those children or those teens or those parents, let's say, go is because their life goes completely different sectors. So a lot of my friends were doing the Leaving Cert holiday and college life and, you know, living abroad and Rasmus years. And that wasn't my norm. My norm was very much about Matthew and also very much about my career. So I became quite career driven from the get go um but I, I and it sounds so wishy-washy and it almost sounds like a pure answer but I generally, he really is my why he absolutely motivates me and perhaps because people would have you know condole and I understand why people were condoning and condoling and you know sympathizing with me and they say well that's great now that you're going to do beauty therapy and you'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that but that's spiraled and kind of triggered something inside me where I said I'm actually going to give him the best possible opportunity so he's traveled with me he's come to Australia he's come to Asia he's come to America and he's had a you know he's grown up with me I suppose is the fairest thing to say and to the day our book launch party was two nights ago and he watches it and he's involved in it and he critiques it more than anybody can ever critique because I probably listen to him more so he's grown with me and in that sense it's a beautiful journey and he's protein the he loves skincare He could do this interview he could answer the twitter questions because it's all he knows
1: well wow. well listen take me back there to when you were you know a teenager and you got pregnant not part of the plan you had this vision of yourself in in skincare and beauty what was it like because I, you're putting it you are putting a very positive spin on it and it's great that you do that because I think that's what what propels you and it's what made you the success that you are but I suppose in some ways as well it wasn't the plan and it must have been kind of devastating
0: I like to call it a surprise um, and I do like a surprise, but yeah, no, I mean, honestly, to find out that you're pregnant a couple of months before you're leaving, it's not going to be the easiest. And now as Matthew approaches his 17th birthday, he's not too far behind where I was. So he often teases me and he'll say, I wonder if you'll be a nana now by the time. I'm like, Matthew, this, no, we're not even going to joke about that. But yeah of course it was it was really hard it was very hard for everyone to get their head around and you're faced with the leaving cert and my head was elsewhere I was thinking of hospital appointments and at 18 at that time you think you know everything don't you well that's how I felt so I couldn't quite comprehend why people were so shocked although I knew it wasn't part of the plan but I I just thought I was more mature than I probably was and now when I look at Matthew I'm like how 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 did I it just it's just unfathomable so there was a lot of lessons it was hard I mean financially it was hard I was really fortunate that my parents my mom gave up work for a year so while I was at home with Matthew and back to college when he was what nine months old and she I I was so lucky, so lucky. And his dad is still in his life and his an amazing support. So I am lucky that I have an amazing world of people beyond myself. And again, when I worked in London for a good few years, there was a lot of back and forth. I've worked in jobs through skincare that have needed and warranted for me to leave the country an awful lot. So I've had I have an amazing network. But was it hard? Yes. Financially, emotionally. Of course, there were nights when you wanted to go on holidays. There was times when I wanted to rebel, which isn't even a word you should say as a parent. But I, yeah, I, I had to knuckle down and this was our life and this is what had to happen. And I think that's why I really applied myself to the to my career, because I was lucky enough that I'd always adored it. It was something I could then, I suppose, release and still keep part of myself. Often I see even with friends now when they become a parent You hear people talk about how they lose themselves. I don't think I ever lost myself. I actually think I use parenting to be a time to find myself because at 18, you're trying to find yourself anyway. So my career became a large part of my identity.
1: So tell me about the steps. You mentioned going back to college and did you have a very clear vision or was it like you say, going from job to job? And sort of eventually finding out, OK, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to achieve it.
0: I am not a fine, detailed person, even to the point in the business. I recruit a managing director this year, head of operations, head of market, because I am fantastic at the big picture and the dreaming. But give me a spreadsheet and I need time to to, to coax myself to look at it. So even going back to beauty, nails, tan, lashes, because I did three years full-time in college, so the first two years beauty and the third year holistic. So I really explored all of the sector, I think it's fair to say, but skincare was always my passion. But I'm a big believer that you have to try a lot of things before you can refine and hone in on one topic. And so I did that. I worked in spas, I worked in salons, and then I had the opportunity to work in a training capacity and I just fell in love with imparting knowledge. And this was, again, maybe, what, 13, 12 years ago. So again, skincare, I believe, has really only come into its own in the last few years. Whether you want to credit Instagram for that, where people are looking at themselves all the time, COVID has definitely changed people's conversation around skin because we spend our time looking at each other on Zoom and you know WhatsApp calls. But the reality was I tried many different areas, came back to training, and I've been fortunate enough to work for... Uh, many different skincare brands be it Ireland, London and America and I've also worked training people to become beauty therapists so with the accrediting bodies so it's always been the educational side of skincare that I knew I wanted to get to but I knew that I had to get a few more years under my belt to get the credibility and the experience to be able to impart that.
1: So how did the skin nerd get born?
0: The Skinner started because when we would be uh, out socializing myself and my girls from home, they, I would we'd be outside, for example, and I'd say, my goodness, isn't her skin amazing? And I wonder what she uses. And typically girls would compliment each other in bathroom queues on shoes and, you know, their clothing. And I, but I I was the unusual human that would compliment them on their skin, which was quite unnerving at times. Um, so my friends were like, Jennifer, please stop embarrassing us. Like, can you just wish, like, there's like no? And they're like, so sorry, she's just a bit nerdy about skin. So that's how it started. It started off as a tease. I, again, like I said, was I think I was on a trip to Miami at one stage uh, teaching skincare. And I, I put it up on my Facebook page. And my friends were at that stage where they said, Jennifer, if you put one more post up talking about your career, where you're flying, how you love it we're going to block you like we're going to defriend you so I said right fine so I set up a separate page just because a lot of my acquaintances and colleagues and friends we were all chatting on that anyway so I decided just to separate the two and have home for home and work for work if you will and I called it the skin nerd as a jest towards my friends because it was almost their fault as I saw it at the time that I had to set up the Facebook page and it grew from there, and it became a hobby. I loved it. It was my escapism, and um, even ironically, because I was talking about skin all day, and then I come home and talk about skin, but it was in a different capacity. And it just seemed to to get traction. Routine people, thankfully, really trusted in my advice. It wasn't specific, and still isn't specific to a brand. So people felt they weren't being marketed to or sold to. It was just information, education, and. Skincare is overwhelming, it's saturated, it's a lot of the time misinformation, it's conflicting information. So what I hope and we still do provide, and I, I don't say hope, but I really do know that we provide blogs and articles and webinars and lives that mean that people can really just drown out all of the noise, if you will, and just try to get specific advice for them on what they should or shouldn't do.
1: Well, you have created this incredible brand and I mean, it, like a lot of the best brands, it's come from a place of passion and a place of real interest and knowledge and expertise tell us about the different aspects because you've got your second book which we're going to talk about but you have another book that was really successful that i think you had no idea how successful it would be it was a number one bestseller in ireland but also you have this online element of consultation which is way ahead of its time in terms of we're all on zoom now and doing things online but that was 2017 so maybe break down the different elements of the skin nerd brand and success story
0: of course so thank you um the reality is as I said it started off with Facebook and chatting and conversation and communication and I but the part I failed to mention in the middle of that was when I was working for a London-based company Um, I'm not even going to ask and if your listeners are ask yourself now like have you used wipes on your skin in the past and if your answer is yes just know that you're offending my heart uh, through the airwaves but the reality is face wipes from a facialist perspective bring in mind that's my qualification they don't serve any benefit to the skin they just don't they don't truly cleanse the skin it's not even about how many chemicals are in them because the chemicals have changed over the years but originally at this time chemicals were were not how to describe this they just they weren't serving a benefit to the skin people were using wipes and then investing extortionate money on eye creams and serums and what I would describe as the more sexier part of skincare the part that people want to be you know they want to say they're using when actually cleansing is the bobby basic most fundamental and it's not what anyone wants me to tell you that you have to do so when I realized that people were spending crazy money on maybe the more aesthetically pleasing marketing parts, I then realized that they were contradicting it. They weren't really working towards skin health. And from traveling the world, I had almost, the book is called The, skin, the nerd Philosophy. My philosophy started molding itself into that less... Less that there's one solution to skincare. It's not a cleanser or a magic eye cream or this supplement. It's it's not. It's about looking after yourself. And the word holistically is overused, but that's what it is. It's looking after yourself inside, you know, diet, stress, you know, do you mind yourself? How much time do you have in front of a computer? All of the questions you wouldn't typically relate or equate to, to skincare. And then there obviously is your typical skincare. And then if you do wear makeup, that's what we call on top. So we look at the skin inside, outside and on top. And when I was traveling the world, I realized that people were kind of feeling a little bit disillusioned and they just wanted guidance. But if you went to Brand X, they would promote Brand X, understandably. And if you went to Brand Y, they promote Brand Y, understandably. But what happens if when you work for Brand X, you want to recommend Brand Y? And so what I noticed was missing, in my opinion, was unbiased advice that meant you could come to a given place meet with an expert and they would advise you on many different ranges within your price bracket look after your skin that you know how was it in the past how is it now so for me a consultation is absolutely key consultation will dictate everything it helps us to really gather information about your skin and what you want from it because everybody has different goals and I think that's the main thing to be aware of so going back to the nerd network what started was um I skipped the cleanse off myth part, but I will come back to that because that's a failure and everyone loves hearing that part. But the Nerd Network started because I noticed this gap in the market, if you will. And I just wanted to create a safe space for people. And it was it's in a digital capacity. As you said, it started in 2017. When I started originally, everybody was saying to me, how are you going to do this? They were all dubious. They were supportive, but they were kind of cheerleading slightly from afar because it was peculiar, to be frank, to have an online consultation business because people are used to skincare being a very tactile and touching and in close proximity service. Where for me, the consultation is actually about collecting the correct information, asking the right questions, empowering you to start to actually go, well, do, do I have redness? Do I have pigment? Am I conscious of pores? So that not to dwell on the negative, but then to teach you what you need to do to help it. So that's when we started in 2017. That was, that was, like the book, we're so fortunate that particularly Irish people, because the majority of our audience would be Irish, have just gotten behind us. And I don't think it's us per se. I think, thankfully, they really trust in us. But realistically, it just shows that people really were interested and still are interested in skincare as a concept. Mm. So we were booked out for five months within 24 hours. So then I had to hire more people and it just became quite popular and busy and, and um, definitely just, yeah, huge, huge, hugely honoured to have it, but very assure, sure of myself that what we offer is an amazing service. And that's not being conceited. It's just the truth. Like the amount of work we put into the form, you meet with the nerd, they 30 minutes with you. You're not asked questions in the 30 minutes because you already have the data. It's almost like a private skin session to teach you what to do with your skin. You then get a link to a store you can choose to purchase, you can choose not to purchase. We don't ever really know, to be honest. Um, It's completely separate. But with the store, example, Rosine, you will see what's right for you, but you will not see what Jennifer sees for her or Betty sees or Mary sees. It's It's literally drowning out all the prettier things that you might want. And just... <laughs> that you stay focused and then you come back to us a couple of weeks later if you wish you're part of our world you get access to webinars and lives and blogs and yeah you're kind of part of a club to be fair
1: and how much do you charge me for that consultation how much are those nerds going to charge me
0: they're 50 euro so
1: that's not too bad
0: for the 50 euros for the consultation but also part of getting all this access to information every single day so in that regard no definitely not. And the results kind of speak for themselves. Like they are, I work ridiculous hours. I do not encourage people to do that. It's not ideally healthy for the skin, but when you're going to bed at night and you open a message at like one o'clock and someone saying, thank you, I've I've left the house for the first time in months and no makeup wore. My particular favorite was I married 25 years and my husband has never, ever seen me without makeup. But now he does because people just feel better that they don't have to hide or camouflage. They just live, like they just live in their own skin.
1: You are listening to the women's podcast brought to you by Green and Blacks Organic Chocolate. Discover a different kind of dark. Can we go back to the face wipes? Because as we were talking, I'm thinking of my really great friend Ashling McDermott, who sadly died a couple of years ago. I'm sure you're, you knew Ashling, and she created Butte.ie with her sister Kirsty, and she was forever going on and giving out about face wipes. But you created your own um, brand then to kind of counteract that.
0: I was only interviewed by her once and she, she and I bonded over our, our gras or lack there, or should I say for, for wife. So yes, a woman on a mission. Yeah. Uh, for me, as I mentioned, wipes serve no true purpose. So what had happened when I was working in London um, was, like I was saying, people were spending money on all sorts of different products, but they weren't truly cleansing their skin. And the best analogy I can give for that, not that I wax my car every weekend, but you wouldn't wax or polish a car unless you'd cleansed it. You, you had washed it first. It, it makes sense that you'd cleanse. So cleansing thoroughly is the key to skin care. More so than serums and eye creams, to be honest, because it's literally taking the day away, the oil, the pollution, the debris. When people were leaning on wipes predominantly, and even at times micellar water, I wouldn't be a huge advocate of that either. You're ultimately kind of smearing the product around the face. You're not truly allowing it to come away from the skin. And then you don't get the results that you want from the serum you spent X on because it's not able to penetrate. Thinking that the skin is a barrier, it's not actually designed to allow product penetrate through. We have to work to allow it to get in. So... With the wipe conversation, it came apparent to me that I wanted to create an alternative that wasn't going to cause irritation, wasn't laced in chemicals, wouldn't irritate the skin, but also could be reusable. So that's where the Cleanse Off mit was born. It was born perhaps eight years ago now and it was it did quite well I was absolutely ignorant I thought that I would just send out a few tweets I'd send out and I think back now I hand wrote which is still nice and um, Christmas cards to all of the top journalists uh, within the beauty sector and you know those absolute god-awful Merry Christmas I still use them on Christmas dinner plate but you put it on the center of your Christmas table and yeah. um, they're beyond tacky so I sprinkled those in and sent them off and thought that's it now everyone will just talk about the cleanse off mission they'll all understand that you're supposed to you know bin the wipes and look after your skin it did it did well but it didn't do phenomenally well and I learned an awful lot of lessons about contracts and perhaps um yeah, accounting and margins and all the things that you don't tend to talk about typically. And so tail between legs, I was then left with 20,000 myths in different attics. So my own attic, my parents' attics, my partner at the time's attic. Any anyway, If I met you, I'd be like, Roisin, it's lovely to meet you. Do you have an attic? Do you have a basement? <laughs> Do you have a boot of a car? Do you- myths were everywhere. And my ego was just, my I was hurt. My ego was bruised. There's no other way to describe it. I worked for everybody else in the past as if it was my business. This was my first venture on my own and it was just catastrophic i learned every every failure you can have i'll learn it so i parked them the myths were everywhere and then going back to kind of um, a role i had more recent years i was educating i was meeting with journalists all of the time and some of the influencers that i was doing facials on were saying jennifer you should start social media i did i sang my way through the day explaining why you should spf what acids are what do antioxidants do um and my mom and dad had seen kind of the traction and they were saying, do you think you could maybe, you know, tell your audience about this myth? Because I'd love, I'd, we want to decorate your bedroom. Like you, you moved out a decade ago. Can we get it back? So I said, yeah, of course. Um, quite frustrated, to be honest, because I had enough thing, I was busy and they said, look, we'll we'll post it, we'll pack it, we'll get it, you know, we'll look after it. And I said, okay, fine, thank you. And they did. And we sold like 10,000 of those myths within 10 days. Mommy and daddy were driving up and down to the post office. My son was on a summer holiday cycling down on the bike, asking for a commission. That child will be fine in life. And it was, yeah, that's how it started. And so the cleanse off myth then kind of grew
1: and because you're making me want one here, Jennifer. I feel like I need one in my life, a cleanse off. I can see why you're so successful. Talk to me about um the new book because it's called The Skin Nerd Philosophy. You've talked about um the sort of holistic approach that you take, but I'm also like that you talk about all you need is four steps in the morning and three at night, which makes me who I have to be honest with you in terms of my um skincare life, like I am the kind of person who back in the day was using kind of stuff from Boots. Do you You Would you know about the cucumber kind of toner and all that yes, stuff? Yes, yes, yes. Back then it was like cleanse, tone and moisturize. And I kind of half did it, wasn't really that bothered. And I've got to the point now where I hardly do much stuff. So I am kind of intrigued as a, I'm not very good with SPF and stuff like that. But you seem to break it down to quite simple terms. So could you maybe take those of us who are very far away from skin nerds through the basic stuff that people can do that can really make a difference.
0: 100%. That booth's cucumber range was the first range that I remember ever using my man. <laughs> this is back when we're Northern Ireland had the true border. Um, yeah. We went- on our holidays across the border had the security checks and so on and so forth to get this cleanser and the little pot i'll never exactly. forget
1: that. Yeah. the smell is lovely though i mean i still I can smell it now do you know that we have
0: actually protected like trademark the sentence smells don't change cells because i feel so strongly right that and i get it like i've just mentioned it but like sk- sometimes in skincare the smell alone can actually cause irritation on the skin, and honestly, it makes no difference to whether your skin is smoother or brighter thereafter. But it's an emotional attachment,
1: and I totally interesting. That. that is fascinating because I definitely, if you put it in front of me now, I'd probably go back and. But I remember it was stingy. I can imagine that cucumber toner, sorry boots. I I imagine it wasn't good. I don't think I need to be any expert to know that it was it was causing irritation to my face. I
0: think skincare has evolved a lot in those. What are we talking, twenty or thirty years of this? Thirty, thirty
1: years ago. So go on, tell us about the evolution and tell us what we need to do.
0: My objective, first and foremost, in the nerdy world, whether it's myself or the nerds and deaths, as I call my team of facialists, is to make it simple. I don't believe skincare has to be complicated. I think, unfortunately, over the years, it's become quite a market-led um, smell-led, actually packaging-led industry where actually it should be about what's inside that matters. So in that regard, you don't need an awful lot of steps. You generally don't. So you said it, so you cleanse in the morning. <laughs> people always are curious about that. They're like, why do I have to cleanse in the morning? Your skin does regenerate itself at night. An awful lot of people that are more oily prone will secrete excess oil. If you're not and you're in the drier bracket, it, it's nice to give the skin back that nourishment it deserves in the morning. So a quick cleanse. And I'm literally talking in the shower, 60 seconds. That's it. It's not like it would take you longer to put mascara on and to brush your hair well my hair anyway then it's a serum really easy a serum for those that don't know is something more lightweight than your moisturizer so it usually has more active i'm allowed to get nerdy for a second it has more active molecules smaller which means they penetrate in like thinking again your skin is literally like your body's umbrella it's not designed to get product into the skin so we have to lean on science so this allows it to penetrate in In your serum, I would look for something. And again, like this is not me saying go and bin anything you have at home. Just look at the product you currently have there. And if it says vitamin A or vitamin C, antioxidants, they're kind of the key ingredients that can, at a cellular level, i.e. where the skin is made, not the top, it can actually help regenerate it. And then an SPF. Genuinely, that's how simple it can be. So it could be as simple as three, if not four steps in the morning. at night cleanse the day away and the reality is even if you're sitting at a computer day in day out now you're you're less likely to be outside in the city for example there still is particles and dust that are so minute that when they get into the port they can cause inflammation And a lot of skincare, in my opinion, is based on anti-inflammatory. So if you're aging before your time, if you will, if you've eczema, psoriasis, acne, rosacea, they're all inflammatory skin conditions. So the less inflamed we can have our skin, even if it doesn't look visually inflamed, it is a skin health piece. So at night, cleanse the day away. I do do a double cleanse, which means I use my first cleanse to take away the day. And my second cleanse, because I'm a walking hormone, I am going to have spots, I think, until the day I die, 99, that's, you know, what I'm aiming for. And it's okay. So there's acid-based cleansers, which... Can be daunting, but actually acid, your skin is acidic. So all I'm asking you to do is put a little bit of that back onto your skin. You only use it every second or third night, and it negates the need for a toner and it negates the need for your Friday night exfoliating ritual because you're doing it more progressively, little and often is always my goal. And you don't need a moisturizer going to bed, which is quite controversial for people. Going back to what you said, most of us have been reared, thinking it's cleanse, it's tone, it's moisturize. Well, actually cleansing is still a given. You can't get away from that. Toning is not necessarily as needed because of the acid I mentioned in the cleanser. And your moisturizer is beautiful for more of a placebo comfort, like physiological element, as in you can feel it on your face, but it doesn't really truly serve a purpose because it sits on the skin. So coming into winter, central heating time, moisturizers have a place. In the summer that we've just left, there's about no real need because if you use vitamin A, like I said, in your serum, you actually make your own moisturizer. So to recap, it's cleanse in the morning. Cleaning, serum and spf at night it's take the day away with your cleanser same serum as the morning it doesn't have to be anything different and then go to sleep or if you want a moisturizer go for it but you don't have to
1: okay well that is all very very clear i have to say something you mentioned puns earlier and i think jennifer you are a person who's never met a pun that you didn't like and want to use to death so you've got things like skin integrity uh skin ingredients is the name of your um skincare range which it was a very big deal to, to produce because like you say it's such a crowded and uh, noisy space and to be successful in it I think is is testament to the fact that you're obviously cutting through all that and giving people what they need and um, tell us a bit about skin ingredients and what makes yours different
0: you're right everything is intellectual even with the cleanse off mate, it's calm so we're like are you committed our Christmas uh, version of a mate is out soon Roisin don't laugh at me but it's called Miss, miss like i just
1: oh jennifer listen you need the pun control people you need you need some yeah serious you
0: No, know what there's enough doom and gloom in the world if i can entertain myself with made-up words
1: but jennifer miss, miss that is really okay
0: <laughs> um from a journalistic perspective i think i'll we'll never speak again i think that's it i cannot redeem myself the reality is with skin ingredients again it's a merge of words but for me going back through my whole career it's been about, the ingredients using the correct ingredients that can have an actual physical impact on the skin use them at the right level the right potency that they can penetrate and that's it's not as easy as it might sound and it's not as common as it might sound so for me it was about trying to create a really simple range as you said one two three four is what i believe you need to do in the morning so it was honestly from listening to nerd network so we're we 15 000 members now we've you know lots of people on social media that we would talk to daily so it was it was truly listening like genuinely what you're always told as a child listen that the art like that's how communication starts and it was from listening and reading what they wanted so they wanted something affordable they wanted results they want to be taught how to use it when to use it when not to use it who can't use it so example fat acid i spoke about so um salicylic acid is amazing for people like myself that would have spots or lumps and bumps and kind of um not even a spot that will materialize into a spot that would be too polite of it But those spots that are under the skin but it can't be used whilst pregnant. But these kind of pieces are known when you live in the skincare world. But they're not known if you don't live in it. Nor should they. So what I want to do is create simple. So it's colour coded. You don't have to remember the name of it. It's blue. It's 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 orange. It's green. Whatever, and it's literally written out on the package how to use it, when to use it. So for me, it was about bringing education um, to the forefront so that you knew what to do with the product. And yeah, we're really we really are lucky that people have really gave us a chance at the beginning to try it because you don't know until you try but my biggest i suppose success or my biggest rejoice is that it's roti buying it all the time like so roti comes back and come back so that to me means that we know that we're creating something that people truly do see differences with we launched an initiative for me that was the most important thing we've done called project love your skin And it sounds a bit wishy-washy, but to explain it, I suppose because I come from a background of, you know, understanding and having empathy towards those that don't love their skin, don't feel good in themselves for it. I wanted to really explain to people that skincare is less about example, having lines and wrinkles in the before photo, which I dislike as a term, and then having less lines and wrinkles in the after, or, you know, red skin due to menopause on the left. And le- it's, it's less about the dramatic. It's more actually about how do you feel in yourself? Do you feel better? Do you like that you're taking time for yourself in the morning and the evening? So before skin Ingredients even launched, we um, put a campaign online, and asked people to kind of, do you identify with sentences such as, I feel sad about my skin, my skin gets me down, doesn't sound positive, but that was, it was thousands of people got back to us. So we whittled it down, and we worked with a couple of people for a year, and they used the products, nothing else, and there's, you can see the videos online, I'm an emotional wreck at the end, I'm not going to lie, because hearing people say just how honestly crappy they felt themselves versus where they are at now, that's, that's life-changing and that's not me putting words into the mouth that's what they've said and if that's what skincare can bring and we can be a part of that and they trust us to do that then it's worth the 70 hour weeks and the challenges and the the havoc that it goes on behind the scenes because we sound like everything is it's 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 not like any startup there's challenges and there's fun times. But yeah, if that's kind of the purpose to do it. Then I'm happy I'd to keep doing that.
1: Well, listen, I'm going to get up some questions that we got sent in so that you can answer. But while I do, can you just maybe address the fact that some people might think what you're doing and the business that you're in is either a just a commercial racket or b trivial and not, you know, not important and all those kind of things, because I'm sure over your years you have addressed and had to listen to a lot of that. Would that be fair enough? Like you're just getting people to buy more stuff that they don't need, that kind of thing. And also, sure, who cares about skin? It's 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 trivial. It's not important.
0: Definitely. Do you know what's been interesting? Over the pandemic and COVID and the lockdown, people talk about maskne an awful lot, which if you're not aware, it's a word that merges mask and acne together. And it's obviously because we have to um, wear masks and rightfully so, but as a result of wearing this piece of material across our face, our skin is now more prone to problematic skin or the other extreme, more sensitive, irritated, dry skin, depending on your predisposition. And what I've noticed is that that conversation alone has has broken boundaries. So I have, you know, 75-year-old men stopping me honestly in Tesco. How they know it's me, I don't know. And they're asking me questions because you can't see people anymore. All you can see are glasses and eyes. So I don't know how they know it's me. I used to get stopped all of the time, but I, you could see my face. Anyhow, point is that that conversation has just kind of allowed skincare to become more of a, I don't want to say mass conversation, but more of a general topic conversation, if you will. So that's changed. Pre, prior to that, yeah, of course, people definitely think it's aesthetic. People definitely think that it is more in the fluffy, puffy area, if you will. And if they think that, then there's nothing. It's not my job or responsibility to change people's mind on it. If that's what they believe it is, if that's what they feel comfortable, perfect. What I do know, and why I think initiatives like Project Love Your Skin are so important to me, or why I tend to talk about the emotional and the feeling. In the book, for example, I've interviewed a psychodermatologist. So it's an emerging field where Dr. Ali Ahmed was the um, consultant I worked with. She's a psychologist and a dermatologist. Talk about like the intelligence, but the merge together and how she talks about the, the actual proven link between your mind and your skin and your stress and your skin and your gut and your skin. So I think more and more it's becoming understood that there's a science. It's not just you know, a bit of cream on the face and i oh, sure I wouldn't put SPF on and oh, you know, it's, it's, it's education, I think is the reality. And I quite like the challenge. That's the other side of it, Roshi. And I love when people say, I used to think it was all pretty products and creams. And I actually just feel better myself. I feel more confident. I don't wear as much makeup and I'm, I'm genuinely delighted for them on a human
1: level. And I mean, that's the thing about your books and your whole philosophy is that you do go to these experts. You do reach out because you wouldn't have all the qualifications yourself, but you do go to the people who know as much as as it's possible to know.
0: Very much so. So I always describe it as a jigsaw puzzle approach. So the skin is an organ from top to toe, we tend to cleanse the jaw up. Uh, we tend, you know, to talk about the hands when we, we they become dry during COVID, for example, but we tend to neglect the body on a whole. The reality is that, as you said, I, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a dermatologist. So why wouldn't I lean into these fields and allow people to kind of come together? So for example, in the book, for me, I think the proudest part, a couple of pieces I'm really proud of, of course. But the reality is, is that I'm not trying to pretend and going back to your earlier question to a degree. I'm not trying to pretend that I have all of the answers. But What I do want people to know is that if you don't feel great in your skin and if you do want help or similarly, if you don't know where to start and you don't actually have a problem with your skin, it's OK to want to take care of it. Like genuinely, it's OK. It is an organ. It's OK to want to mind it. So if I can lean on dietitians or experts in exercise or people that can help you address your stress and how do you mind that long term, then that was my goal of the book. And that coupled with asking their network, what would you like in a book? And they came back in their droves. So I, I hope, fingers crossed and confident that there's a lot in here that people will want to read, no matter who they are, what background and they'll identify with a lot of the words that nerd networks say so you know I feel sad about my skin or I suffer with redness and it truly gets me down I lean a lot on concealer or I actually don't care about skin I just want to look nice like this there's all extreme Mm. and so somebody reading it can say that's me okay so this is my action plan and then we wrote it out this is the ingredient to look for this is the treatment to look for this is how you do it this is the brand it's in so it's literally a, a step again back to the one two three four it's back to a real simplistic approach as to how to look after your skin and I would hope it's a reference guide to pick it up and back when you need it.
1: Okay, I'm going to go to the questions now because when we put out, people were like, you say, I'm sure it's probably handy for you to have the mask you don't get bothered as much. But uh, once we said that you were going to be on the podcast, people were really keen to ask questions. So the first one, if we can rattle through them, maybe. The first one is from Anna. She's asking about skincare masks. What's the best one and how often should you use them?
0: So many different types of masks. So it depends on your concern. If it's dehydration, I do love a quick sheet mask. I do love a cream mask. Yonka would be my go-to. It's a a Parisian brand. They have a beautiful uh, mask, number one. Why I like it is that you put it on last thing going to bed after your normal products and you sleep in it, desirable. And you wake up 97% more hydrated. So I kind of describe that as my Lazy man's mask for myself, anyway. Um, if it's more for congestion, looking for something with salicylic acid is important. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Image are another great brand, as our skin suitable, as our Murad, and they have they're all active skincare ranges, they have salicylic acid in mask forms. I lean on that. And if it's, yeah, they're kind of the two main reasons people tend to lean on masks, to be honest.
1: Okay. Kate is asking, and also Circa asking a similar question. I feel like everyone I know is getting Botox. I never thought I'd even consider getting it, but now I'm noticing the fine lines creeping in around my eyes and forehead. Are there any skincare tips that will actually make a difference to these lines? Or should I just go for it with Botox? And is asking, is Botox and fillers bad for your skin in the long run as it makes it saggy? That's what I'm thinking. That's what Circa thinks anyway. Anyway, but can you maybe just address Botox? Interestingly, in Catlin Moran's new book, More Than a Woman, she talks about having Botox, which is something she would have railed against in the past. Where do you stand on it?
0: For me, again, it's actually a large, but well, a large part. It's a good few pages in the book because it's a commonly asked question and, and, and I understand why. I think it's still stigma attached with it. I think people still feel if you go down that road that there's a judgmental element to it in their peers um so how hard do I stand I always say who am I to say yes or no I'm, I'm not a medic so what I would say people are considering it is to research it make sure they are a specialist in that field as opposed to perhaps um you can be a medic and then do a couple of hours a week where you do these treatments it's it's an aesthetic field so you need to have the particular practitioner needs to have like a an aesthetic eye a creative eye to kind of see the face as a as a as a piece of art and I don't mean that dramatically but I have seen many many a year for managing clinic when it's just put in and gone and then the person doesn't look like themselves and I think that's where people fear Botox and fillers when we perhaps look at the more Hollywood version it's white and um, you just don't look like yourself anymore, let's be completely frank. So going back to it, now Botox is a neurotoxin, it's a brand, so I'll call it neurotoxin. So when you get the neurotoxin in, it does paralyze the muscle, and um, which means that it kind of weakens the muscle. So you're less likely to have the depth of the line or the wrinkle. When you go for fillers, just to differentiate the two, because they're often muddled, filler is when they inject typically hyaluronic into the skin and it goes deeper down underneath where the actual skin is and it just plumps out, so it gives volume. So I would say to the first question was, is there any other options as such? Yes, vitamin A, vitamin C, genuinely, particularly at the right level. So with vitamin A, you're looking for something that can truly claim and you look for it on the package because to write on packaging, you have to substantiate your claims, but it will be anti-aging. And that does help decrease the depth of the line of the wrinkle, as does vitamin C, again, at the right levels. Brands that would do that, if I'm allowed to say our own, our own does ingredients because the level of vitamin A, Byron does, the brands I mentioned earlier do as well. And those brands, honest answer, aren't as accessible that you can't typically walk into a pharmacy to get them just because they need a little bit of kind of education behind them. And going back then to where I stand on it, I think it is I think it's what I said. I think it's going to someone that's an expert in it and less less is more and making sure that you don't kind of jump on the bandwagon and go the whole hog. Just do it softly and gently. My last point on it would be if you're going down that road be aware that example, Botox and fillers do actually help the skin in the short term. They genuinely do, but they're not the long-term answer. So they're usually chosen for muscle paralyzing or for volume. So if you're trying to help your skin, example, I could be 40 and have Botox across my forehead, but my muscle will look younger, but does my skin still have the pores and the pigment and the redness or the spots, for example, on top. So not to see them as now I've sorted my skin, but you're helping the muscle with one and skincare still has a place for the skin.
1: Okay. Have you taken Botox?
0: Yeah, I've said and I've happily talked about it. I tried it, remember for the first time, maybe 10 years ago, I remember walking into my dad who has since passed away and he was, what happened? What did you, What what's happening here? And my friends were really honest as well. And I think I tried it too soon. And that's a question I'm often asked, what age? And everyone ages differently. That's one thing to point and to note. And then I think the other side is I had it then for my 30th, which is five years ago now and i think it's about finding the right person that can do it in a way in which that you just look fresher as opposed to inverted commas done so i'm not opposed to it and i'm a big believer in that i'm asked my opinion on so many things that i feel to a point if i can have the treatment i should and could and would so i can explain how it feels how it lasts how it was so my own opinion whether I'd get it done again or not is not necessarily to impact on others, but it isn't sore. It's quite quick downtime. Did it solve all my answers? No. Was I better off, in my opinion, to actually look after my skin alongside? Yes.
1: Okay, well, that's very honest. Um, Isabel asks, I'm a nurse. Well, fair play to you, Isabel, first of all, and thanks for everything you're doing at the moment. Um, I'm a nurse and I'm getting spots on my chin from wearing my mask all day in hospital. Any advice on how to stop that?
0: Echo what you say about um, how phenomenal a job they're doing and from the day that Leo Bradker n- announced I think it was our cocoon at the start wasn't it wasn't a lockdown per se back then but we've had messages after messages emails after emails coming in of people at the front line because they were the first to, to have to wear the mask for such long periods of time so it's become kind of our norm for the last six months talking about it the main thing I'd say is I think I said it already. So just to reiterate, the salicylic acid is an amazing ingredient in a cleanser form, meaning that you massage the skin that has the spots for a good 60 seconds and remove it thoroughly. Then go on with something like a hydrating serum and always apply your SPF. And the same at night, not to lean on that acid too much because if you exfoliate too much, interestingly, your skin is supposed to have some oil there. So if you take too much oil away, like anything in life, it starts to compensate and actually makes more oils every second or third day. And for any frontline workers that are listening that are more in the drier area, something like that mask we spoke about earlier would be ideal. And there's a new, it's not a new ingredient, but there's a new ingredient that's been spoken about a lot, more like a buzzword called ceramides. And ceramides are naturally what our skin is made up of. And you find it in affordable brands like CeraVe, La Roche Cassay, have a small amount of it. Avene is a phenomenal brand for irritation sensitivity that's all pharmacy brands our own products skin good fats and I have to explain the names the names of our products are all like noting or nodding back towards the dinner plate because going back to what you said at the beginning I don't believe you need an awful lot of products i think you need the right ingredients in the product and we get that with food like i'd love to have chocolate cake every day and i'd love you know it, it's it's for me it's about trying to teach people that we know we should drink water eat fats eat carbs eat protein have our veg every day to be healthy regardless whether you're 50, 90 12 you identify as man or woman it's irrelevant there's those key ingredients we need internally the same premise applies externally so going back to this particular question ceramides are an ingredient that I really see massive difference when people's skin is irritated or sore or tender. Why? Because you're literally just giving back to the skin what it deserves.
1: Okay, right. Louise asks, what are the best supplements to take for your skin?
0: Supplements, ideally through the diet, first and foremost, that's a given. Um, if ever in any doubt, nutrition or dietitian is the best place to go. Brands that I do lean on personally would be Simprove for probiotics. It's extremely live, um, live bacteria. The relationship between your gut and your skin is apparent. There's a massive link between the two. Healthier the gut, the healthier the skin. And then another brand I would lean on if I'm more congested or problematic prone would be a brand called Advanced Nutrition Program. And there's a uh, supplement there. Google it. You'll see just endless results called Acumax. And it is it is pretty. Do your research, read up any questions, ask us. But it's all there on, on, the, on the www.
1: Okay, I love the double a double a double. Um, Laura's asking, can't get my head around retinols and retinoids. Can you explain what they are, why we need them, and how to bring it into your daily routine? And can you make it kind of snappy as well?
0: Yeah, of course. (laughs) Nathalie and I
1: don't go together, Roisin. I don't know if we're getting them. I'm going to try my best. But I think that's part of your success. It has to be said.
0: Um, Vitamin A is a minefield. I'm not going to lie. Retinoids are vitamin A. So it's ultimately a large family. And within that family, there's different types. Retinol is an alcohol form. What does vitamin A do? Who should use it? Honestly, in my opinion, everybody and anybody. Because it is the most results driven, no matter who I've worked for, what profession, derm, diet, everyone agrees vitamin A is a game changer. Helps lines, wrinkles, pores, reds, across the board where would I start I personally advocate and I know this I'm biased I advocate it and this is why we create it but there's a form of vitamin A called retinal palmitate It just means it's naturally found in your skin. So I'm a big believer in giving back to the skin what the skin has. You will, when you look up skincare brands, see Retinol a lot. Just be careful not to overuse it. That's kind of like the marathon version. So, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get used to it. So Retinol is one of those products you can use every second night. It does make you more sensitive to light. Less is often, but you will get results. It's pretty much impossible not to, but it can be hard cause sensitivity so be careful.
1: Jennifer just finally what would you like people to know about kind of what you're trying to do in the mission that you're on because Um, As I said earlier, like there could be people thinking, you know, it's very commercial or it's all about buying products. But I get the sense from reading your book and just listening to you in other interviews that you are genuinely coming from that holistic place and that you want people to kind of look after themselves from the inside out. And I think the way you talk about the skin as an organ, which it is, uh, and about minding that organ seems to be at the heart of what you do. So maybe to to address some people who might be a little bit sceptical or might not be in this space at all and what it is that you're trying to do your mission
0: mission I suppose the book says in itself the Skinner philosophy is something I've adopted and lived I think myself personally and my team and then our clients by default because we encourage them to do so is to look after yourself inside for routine I don't have myself on a pedestal I still live life I still have a tipple of wine I still know that I'm going to have chocolate at the weekend to celebrate the launch of the book and I'll have a spot on Monday and I'll deal with it so it's about being real our main word that we talk about all the time is being real which is overused but it's the truth and if people get to know me or listen you'll I'm just always the same all the time it's it's who you see is what you get and I think bringing real education to the forefront and I'm not commercially driven as a person why uh, examples would be people have bought uh, our product was on this morning a couple of weeks ago on ITV we had a huge influx of people buying salicylic acid cleanser our own product and I messaged people afterwards we sent out a blanket messaging please just to confirm you have spots Few people wrote back saying they didn't, that they were dry, and I said, like, please return that we're going to refund you. And they're like, what? And because for me, it actually, I'm trying to do this long term. This is my career, it's my passion. I generally feel an onus and responsibility that if I just give you a product for today, you're not going to believe what I have to say in a year to two years' time. Whether I was in this world or whether I work for somebody else, it would be skincare always. So education first and foremost, everything else will come from there. Um, And yeah, I think and it sounds a bit like a wishy-washy statement, but we say it's the three E's. If I can help enlighten you by education and then empower you to become your own skin manager, then you actually lean less on us in the future. So I don't think we can be any more real
1: well jennifer rock i think you're a phenomenon i think it's amazing what you're doing and why how you're helping people but also how you are such an innovative entrepreneur and always thinking ahead and looking to see where things are going next so well done on all you've done so far and all you will do no doubt and um maybe matthew will be future ceo of of you'll
0: uh... be fine in life anyway but look, honestly absolute pleasure honor to be asked and hold you in
1: high esteem for many years so thank you thank you jennifer i'll talk to you again all the best Thanks very much to Jennifer Rock and the book is called The Skin Nerd Philosophy. Remember you can check details of our Big Night In season two, featuring Catlin Moran, Claire Byrne, and more on IrishTimes.com and on the Women's Podcast social channels at IT Women's Podcast. Hopefully we will see you on Zoom on Saturday. That's all we have time for. The podcast is produced by me, Rosheen Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on Sound. Mind yourselves and your skin, and I'll talk to you next time.